Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Hello, everybody out there in movie land. It's such an exciting day. There's so many things to talk about. I can't even believe it. But before we even get into any of them, guess what came to iTunes? One of our favorite movies from last year that we thought got shut out of the Academy Awards totally, totally when it shouldn't have been. And guess which one that is? Can you say, O'Toole? Okay, if it's the movie that was also shut out of the Golden Globes inexplicably, it's got to be Learning to Drive. I'm learning to drive. Well, that's a scary thought. Shut up! I think it's time to discuss road rage. It is, it is, it is, learning to drive. I loved that movie. I know, and now it's in iTunes. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, Um, You know, first of all, talk about diversity, which is the big issue around the Academy Awards. The film is filled with just charming approaches to everything from from women's issues to Mm -hmm. it's just you can't miss this. You can't miss this movie. So promise us all that you'll go and watch Learning to Drive and O'Toole did a video. You did a video with the writer. Yes, Sarah Kernikin who was also the screenwriter of movies like Nine and a Half Weeks, Summer's and the first And the first director, by the way, to ever win, female director to win an Academy Award, right? That's right. So she's also, on top of all her amazing screenwriting and directing credits, she's made two documentaries, both of which went on to win the Academy Award for Best Documentary. Right. Anyway, she did learn, she wrote Learning to Drive, and she... Did she direct it? No. um, It was directed by Isabel Quachette, the Spanish director, who incredibly does her own camera work. So when they were filming those scenes of Patricia Clarkson learning to drive in New York City with Ben Kingsley playing her driving instructor, the director of the movie was in the backseat of that cab filming the movie. I do need to say that... Ben Kingsley can teach me anything he wants to anytime he wants to. The way he teaches her to drive, look, just go to iTunes and download and spend the $3.99 or whatever it is. It's worth every, every, every minute of it, right? I'm going to have to add an extra little link to our website, screenthoughts.net, because I just read the most fascinating article written by Sarah Kernikin about what they went through to get this movie made. It went through nine directors, years of development. And Patricia Clarkson is one of those actors who's so gifted and very few people are ever willing to let her play the leading lady. For sure. We'll put the link up. And then someone in our audience, I can't even remember who, and I went back before we started podcasting to see if I could find it. I'm not sure who it was, but someone asked if we'd watched The Staircase Uh, and I went in and watched, I was only going to watch the first one, but I ended up watching all eight. (laughs) Wow. Hollister, remind me, I don't even remember this. Is this a TV show? It's on Amazon. Okay. And it's called The Staircase and it's Jean-Xavier de la Trade, who's been known to do some, you know, some award-winning documentaries. And basically it follows the case of uh, Michael Peterson, whose wife, fell down the stairs to her to her death but unfortunately 20 years before that there you know he and his 
other wife's best friend, she also fell down the stairs to oh her death. Oh my goodness, Hollister, is, he's, he's not related to Scott Peterson, is he? No, but you know, those Petersons, you better not marry into the Peterson family. But anyway, so it's, it's, anyway, it's all the rage. Everyone's watching it. And after having done Making a Murderer last week, I started to think about it because really these are documentaries, but they're also reality TV where the camera just has follows the entire Peterson family through the entire case. And I won't even tell you what's happened to him in the end. But what I decided is the reality TV when you're just doing something like Survivor, you know, where nobody dies, uh, you know, it's that's sort of become the mundane reality TV. And now when you have the serial last year taking off, making a murder, and now this the staircase, which is, you know, sort of uh, come to the forefront, it's re- reality TV where there's this stunning, frightening piece of it where, okay, this isn't going to happen to me, but it could happen to me. And maybe that's the reason these things are taking off, but they are really, really, really taking off in that we're talking about three series that have have sort of skyrocketed in the last 12 months. So it'll be interesting to see what other murderers and things <laughs> take off. And what was that um, documentary we saw at the Hamptons Film Festival last fall that Followed somebody to the electric chair, I think, or... Yes, you saw it, but I was off meeting Hillary Knight, the illustrator of Eloise, and that just sums up the difference (laughs) in our viewing tastes. It does, right? Silence of the Lambs, which you have never seen, which is one of my favorite movies. Anyway, to be considered a serial killer, you have to do multiple murders, and they have to have common denominators in both the way they were carried out as well as the victims. So I've decided that we Americans have become serial murder followers oh, through dear. three <laughs> yes, through these three programs. Okay, they're all about murders and what happened afterward to the person who was accused of doing the murder. And they're very, very similar. So I just feel like we're becoming these serial murder watchers versus serial killers. By the way, and the staircase is really, really well done. It really is. Although I'm going to take a little hiatus because between that and criminal minds, (laughs) I think it's time for me to step aside from these things as well. You know, Hollister, sometimes it surprises me that your favorite movie is Pollyanna. Pollyanna, Silence of the Lambs. Look, I am nothing if not a Renaissance approach to you anything. Have got so there range. you go. You certainly right, do. I do. I do. All right, and then before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which of course is London Spy and then the Chelsea Handler series that came out on Netflix, the Sundance Film Festival is well in progress. And the movie that's really something I can't wait till we have access to it, O'Toole, is Certain Woman, Laura Dern, Kristen Stewart, Michelle Williams, three women whose lives intersect in a small town in America. And it's done by Kelly um, Reichard. Do you know who she is? No, do tell. She did Old Joy and she did Night Moves, which was Jesse Eisenberg and Dakota Fanning's movie about three or four years ago. Did you see that? I did not. Okay, well, if you haven't seen Night Moves, you should see it. And everyone's talking about that film. And when just I want to see it because of the three people in it. You know, Hollister, I have to give it up to Robert Redford. I heard him speak a couple years ago at a film festival in Albuquerque. He said the most interesting thing. He said way back when he founded Sundance, his big vision then was to have a festival for all the arts. So he invited choreographers and painters and poets and filmmakers. I was going to say, it's not all the arts, all the all the people within film. <laughs> no, it was just that it was just the film branch 
that found the funding to um, keep it up each year. So he said it's always been his desire to return to that initial year and get choreographers back and painters back. And he started out as a painter himself. So he did. Yeah, he's always done his own storyboards. He was actually on on a boat on his way back from Europe where he'd been painting and someone saw him and said, you look so good, you have to be on film. And also, you know what, good for him. They asked him, of course, at the opening, everybody wanted to talk about the Academy Awards and he said he had nothing to say about it. And I sort of like that about him also. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the industry always bears constant re-examination. The movie industry has a huge, huge, huge um, influence over everybody in America. And I think they have a responsibility to act accordingly. So, okay. But two things to talk about today. Um, are we going to do start? any, are we going to do any comments from our listeners? Okay. You go girl. <laughs> I took a look at the messages this week from our listeners, and there's okay. one that I thought I would just pick right out of the pile, and it's from Frances in New York City. And she said, loved listening, guys. If anything would make me go see Star Wars, it's O'Toole's adorable nephew. Man, that's one <laughs> smart kid. Oh, so that's I so want to share that. And Francis, Yay, Connor. I yeah. hope Francis is out there staying warm. I have the feeling a lot of New Yorkers today are probably binge watching on Netflix and trying to just <laughs> avoid the snow riddled streets. Right. I'm sure they are. Um, absolutely. So thank you, Francis. And by the way, we'd love to hear from you and just email screen thoughts at gmail.com. Anyway, but let's get right to it. So today we're going to do the Ch- Chelsea Handler um, documentary that just went up this weekend and is being seen a lot on Netflix. And we're going to do London Spy, which I insisted <laughs> that we do, which just started. And thank you, Val, for recommending that we do it. Thank um, you, Val. Yeah. and it, But only episode one is out and you have to buy it on iTunes. But oh my God. So which one do you want to start with? Because I'm sure that both of them are not quite in your sweet spot having seen them all now. <laughs> Let's start with Chelsea Handler's four-part series on Netflix. I've never, ever had that feeling to be like, oh, my God, I want to be in a wedding dress. So this is happening. It's like nausea-inducing. It's the first drive-up wedding window in the world. You also serve, like, burgers and fries here if you're hungry? No, we serve love. Love. Okay, yeah, you're full of love. You really are. I'm just trying to understand why people do this. I don't mean to be judgmental. Wow, that's so stupid. But I am. Who is this person? And I'm I, enough with her. I, I, I have never seen four more narcissistic episodes of a series in my entire life. Did you watch the whole series, Hollister? I did. So you watched Marriage, Drugs, Racism, and Silicon Valley? Wow, I did, you yeah. get a gold yeah. star. You get a gold star. Well, how, what did you watch? I watched Marriage. <laughs> is, did you want? Wait, did you watch Marriage because it was the first one in the series, or because that was the one that most interested you? Well, now I'm feeling like that slacker in the back of class who thought you that are was my entire in the back homework of class. assignment. Yeah. I didn't. I should have known you couldn't stop yourself. You'd have to watch the whole series. Okay. Let me just ask you this question: You know how when you're talking to somebody and they have a point of view, and they start asking you questions, but really you know they don't want to know the answer to the questions. They're just asking the questions so that they can slam their point of view at the other end of your answer. Do you Which know what I mean? Which is so people? not unlike either you or me at all. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay, well, by the way, if anybody's ever, ever done it, I mean, certainly Chelsea is right at the top of that list of, you know, starting out with the point of view and then trying to make it in a sort of either slapstick or ridiculous or in-your-face way that's really sort of insulting to the people she's interviewing, I think. I totally agree, Hollister. And I think anyone who's already a Chelsea Handler fan, and there are many of them out there, will enjoy the series. But I was thinking about this because, you know, I love comedy. I love stand-up comedians. I think it's such an interesting performance form. You know, by by the way, I will tell our listeners that O'Toole went to clown school, just so you know. (laughs) And she has major clown, I've seen them, major clown shoes that she's had forever and ever. So she does She does love to laugh, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot my clown shoe size. I think it's a 38. It's big. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, you got to yep. go up the step sideways. But, um, you know, I've thought a lot about humor over the years. And the thing about Chelsea Handler, as I was watching it, is I find her humor very subversive as opposed to being inclusive. Exactly. So and well so said. What you said, I definitely agree. It's as though she says it for effect to get a laugh from a third party. But it's at the always the expense of yes, someone else. It's always, not the person. Always. Yes. So yeah. it's getting a laugh not from the person it's directed towards. Often in the documentary, they look hurt or baffled or insulted or silenced. You well, know? I don't think they have any idea how they appear to some of them for sure. Mm-hmm. You know. So I definitely find her humor a little gruff. And the other thing But the camera loves that face. Did you notice that? Well, this is the thing. I appreciate candor. I appreciate inquisitiveness. I appreciate interactivity when you've got somebody out there interviewing people about a subject. But the thing about Chelsea Handler is that her eyes have always struck me as looking so sad. And it makes sometimes her face appear strained, and it's it's harder for me to enjoy the humor. I didn't find her looking sad, but I do think the camera likes the way she looks. And I think it's the same thing. I mean, look, I think Amy Schumer's brilliant, and I don't think it's at the expense of others. So I don't, I'm not putting them in the same camp at all. But the camera also loves Amy Schumer's face. And certainly in Trainwreck, her expressions what were what made it so fabulous. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea has that same ability to sort of have that look on her face like, oh, my goodness, you know, whether... You know, it was at the chapel in Vegas or in the S&M chambers of, of somebody who takes their um, BDSM. BDSM life very seriously. You know, it's a lifestyle that, you know, that people take very seriously. So I, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I was not a fan of them, but I ended up watching them. And the other thing is when she plays that, oh, shucks, I'm so stupid in the technology one, which clearly you didn't see, but... Um, it, you know, it's just insulting. It's insulting to people. And even the way she talked to the little children, I think yes. is not okay. So I, 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 I don't, I would not recommend it if the truth be known. Even when she says that's sweet, I get the feeling she means the opposite. And I exactly. always find it disturbing. For example, at the beginning of the marriage, um, documentary, when she and her siblings are having drinks with their father at the kitchen table and he says about meeting their mother, she was very good looking. And Chelsea Handler just looks at him and says, from the back, maybe. And I thought, I can't believe you just said that about your mother. And then they all start asking their own father about their parents' sex lives. And I just, I believe in taboos. I think we should still have a few. And that's one that I would put on the list. Um, I, I just, you know, I felt her father was not authentic. And I thought it was a bad interview. You know, I thought it was a waste of my time, actually. Um, but anyway, I mean, again, because we hate to always go to the negative side, the camera does love her. And I do get 
that she touches on certain people's something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's doing very well. I mean, it's one of the top picks at Netflix. So, And she had an evening show. And it's so funny because there are no women comics in Late Night. And she had a show. And it, 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 I think it went off the air in 2014. So now there's no woman Late Night. And I would love to see a woman Late Night. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine who. But um, I think they asked Amy Schumer. And she said, why would I ever want to do that to myself? So we're looking for emerging women comics to come forth here now uh, to sort of uh, sort of take that place. And, and also, she's not stupid. And um, I think she brings an intellectualism to her humor that I think is misguided. But uh, I, can see, I can see why she had a following. For mm-hmm. sure, I can. And I like the camera work. I think the camera work yeah, itself very is well very done. well done. Yep. There's some yep. interesting musical choices. For example, when they've yep. got the footage of her going to Vegas, they're playing opera music behind it. Yep. I did learn some things. I did not no, know. No, but the, you, know what the, you know what movie that opera music was from? Oh, no. Okay. Julia Ro- I don't remember the name of the movie, but you oh. will. Julia Roberts is on the is married to this guy who turns out to be an abuser, and then she oh, fakes her own death. Oh, sleeping with the enemy. That's where that music's from. Oh. Yep. And I thought, and I thought that was on purpose. I thought that had a um, thank you for remembering the name of the movie. You always do. I'm so grateful. <laughs> and um, but I, you know, I think that was on purpose. You know, because it was ominous music. It was not lighthead. You know, lighthearted. And it's, it's. I think it's a. It's some sort of Bach or some, I can't remember what it was, but it's major in the movie and it was, it was the music that was used for this. And I I thought it couldn't have been a, uh, you know, coincidence myself. And did you know that Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward had gotten married in Vegas? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. I definitely learned some things from this series. I'm not sure. Are you saying that means something? (laughs) You know, let me just what, ask what, what you are you this implying? <laughs> are you implying that like loser people get married in Vegas, which is and you didn't know he was a loser people? Is that what you were implying? You no, know, I just assumed that they would have had, I don't know, the big old wedding on the East Coast and huh. although I gotta tell you, since I am so far from being a celebrity, I don't know what I would do if I thought my every move would be tracked by paparazzi. I might be going through the drive through window of love as well. Okay, so <laughs> wait, I I have a question for you. When Chelsea Handler was interviewing the group of 12-year-olds outside, and there was one girl who says to By Chelsea way, what Handler... Parent would, what parent would sign a release to allow Chelsea Handler to interview your child on a, a Netflix... Uh, I mean, what were they thinking? What about the fact that there was the couple that let her be the officiant at their wedding? I tell well, that. I mean, you know, but at least they're yes. grown-ups making the decision. Those kids yes. are there forever. I they're know. in that forever. And what? And a couple of them, like the one that said, "No, I'm just scratching my head." Oh, that was like, funny. That was yeah. very funny. Anyway, yeah, that anyway, was even the younger group say? of kids. So when she was interviewing these kids, and one of them looked at Chelsea Handler and said, "You know, don't feel offended by this, but you kind of strike me as a shy person." And you should get out there more and express feelings of happiness instead of sitting alone. Do you think that little kid was on to something? Because later Chelsea Handler describes herself and she says, look, I know I'm a handful and I know I'm intense and I'm complicated and I'm hard to live with and I'm not shy. Do you think that kid was on to something? Do you think she could at heart be a shy person? I have no idea. I just know she makes her money um, at someone else's expense and I never, I don't, I, I can't see past that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also if she needs to get help, I, I don't want to spend my time thinking about it. Let her, you know, let her go get the help. I'm sorry. I think it was beneath us. Hollister, do you know a documentary that I saw recently and it was about marriage and I 
loved it. I thought it was a magical documentary. So well done. Oh, wait, let me guess. Meet the Patels? <laughs> yes. I'm glad you got it since you were there next to me at Gina Davis's inaugural right. Bentonville Film Festival. And you and I actually met the Patels. They were there in person. They were there. All, and, the entire Patel family was there. And it just came out on Netflix. It's we on were Netflix all staying now. At the yep. same, we were all staying at the same motel. So there we, we were. were. I was turning the corner running to get a banana at breakfast. And we By met the way, them we again. Were not a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> we, we were, were a not at a motel. We were at a hotel. <laughs> and there's a huge difference. And either please, way. Don't ever say that again. Okay. okay. Although Mr. and Mrs. Patel, you know, did confide in me that they got a discount, which for anyone who's seen the documentary is actually very funny. But I thought, what a perfect confluence of careers in this family to make a documentary. It started out as just a family film of a family trip to India where their parents run a charity. The brother is an actor. Now he's in that new John Stamos series, Grandfathered playing someone with the same name, Robbie. His sister, Gita, is a filmmaker. The mother is a professional matchmaker. And the father, when people saw this documentary, I don't know how many roles he's already been offered. The camera loves this He's a character is what he is. He is such a character. Yeah. And the movie, I thought it was a triumph in story structure. It took them six years to make and to edit. And I think you really notice that how clean the structure is, the animation sequences. How do we, uh, how do we want to do this? Just start at the beginning of the story. Right. Story starts two years ago in LA. I had just broken up with Audrey and I was miserable. We'd been together for two years and I had never told mom and dad about her. In fact, they were freaking out because, you know, here I was almost 30, never married, which in our culture is like code red. Code red. Which, by the way, is due to his sister, who actually, you know, she she's not allowed to talk much in the Q&As, <laughs> as I recall. But I think she's the brains behind the film, for sure. You know I thought she did ins- a great job. She really did. And guess who inspired her to go into filmmaking? The director, Anthony Minghella, who won an oh. Oscar for The English Patient. And go. he also directed Alan Rickman in the movie Truly, Madly, Deeply, we mentioned last week. You know, Hollister, Yay. sometimes I'm just not convinced there's 7 billion people out there. I, I think it's more I know. like 10. I know. You I know. know. Well, we, you know, we, and by the way, that's on Netflix. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're on Netflix, for sure, you need to pull, pull that film up. Meet the Patels is a fun film to watch with people. Something that I just want to end with is this documentary, not only is it funny, but it's so emotionally honest. I found it very moving. What would be the downside of me marrying a white man? No, it's a it's a great film, and and but it, and it also has a lightheartedness. Yes, that we're not talking about. So for sure, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. And also, if you're a young woman and not married, get a bunch of young other young women. It's better than The Bachelor. Trust me. Or a young guy. It follows a guy. Yeah. Well, I think it's more of a girl movie to tell you the truth. Ravi will be so pleased. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, and now let's move on to London Spy. Do you believe in soulmates? I don't have any secrets from you. It's hard for me to believe you were in a serious relationship when you don't even know his name. Your son was murdered. Everything you read about his death is a lie. 
London Spy just opened in England not too long ago, and you have to go onto iTunes and buy it or onto Amazon and buy it. And only the first episode is out so far. God, the BBC, why is it they do every single thing better than we do? Unbelievable. I mean, in, in film, I should say, not in life. But uh, did you like it? Um. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a one. It, there's here. Let me help you help yourself. Okay. <laughs> There's a yes and there's a no. You can go in either direction. And then I can tell you why you're so wrong, because I already know the answer to this question. Okay. From the pilot, there are many impressive things about it. Oh, my God. Of course there are. The actors are incredible. Unbelievable. And did you see that Danny uh, was in the James Bond movie? He was Q? Yes, Did you he's the him? young. Of course, it's Ben Wishaw. He's the youngest actor to ever play Q. He's one of the youngest actors to ever play Hamlet. We mentioned him last week in our podcast. He's the one who's going to be starring in the Crucible on stage with Saoirse yes. Ronan. And he's very, very good in this. You know, the first BBC series where he came across my radar, it was a BBC series called The Hour, which introduced me to Dominic West from The Affair. That was another wonderful BBC series. And of course, the show also stars Jim Broadbent, who we talked about last week, who is in Brooklyn with Saoirse Ronan. So they're related through Saoirse. So really excellent acting. And and what they do, they roll out plots um, with a lack of urgency that we Americans should start to add to our lives in everything that we do, including how fast we eat, how fast we drive, just whatever. Because... The way they roll out, this is they take their time, and it's only going to be a series, by the way, I think of four or five episodes. Oh. Uh, but it's really beautifully, beautifully laid out. And while I, I understand, and we can't really get into it, but the, the subject matter has some hot spots that are not, I had no idea were coming. But, um, but did you think it was beautifully made? I agree with you. It's definitely much slower paced in terms of getting into the plot. I feel like I'm not giving away anything here since the name of the series is London Spy. But the whole first episode, I just assumed that Ben Wishaw was playing the spy. (laughs) Are you kidding me? A spy, perhaps because he's Q in the Bond movies. No, but he lived lived in abject poverty. I mean, spies... uh, I thought he was really good at being... There was never a moment I thought he was the spy. You didn't think he was just really good at being undercover? I thought he was a spy reporting to Jim Broadbent when the episode first started. No, I assumed no, 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 no. Even no. the spy in the episode had to rule out that possibility where he thought maybe it was a setup how they met at the bridge. And speaking of Jim, that w- was so amazing was in Brooklyn and what else was he in? He was in Iris, where he won the Oscar. Oh, such he a was good in actor. The Weekend. He's yeah. an incredibly diverse actor. Whatever Alex discovered, no one wants in the open. Occasionally, it's right to be afraid. So are you going to continue to watch it? I don't know. If if you sat me down in front of a TV and said you could watch London Spy or The Good Wife, I'd choose The Good Wife. There are definitely aspects of Rear Window in this, and I had to laugh even when they meet on the bridge. I thought, I'm pretty sure that's the same bridge they used in Luther, where Ruth Wilson would meet oh, for sure. Idris yeah. Elba. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the bridge for that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, something that just kind of reinforces my little suspicion there that turned out to be wrong, at least in the first episode, that Ben Wishaw was actually the spy. Did you know in real life his father's father was a spy? Really? How do we know that? Aren't spies supposed to be secret? He was of German and Russian descent, and he spied for the British during World War II. And he changed his last name to Wishaw. Huh. So it could have been Ben Well, everybody was a spy in World War II. I'm sorry, but no, that doesn't count. You have to be a spy post-World War II to be the kind of spy you're referring to, FYI. Because you know, everybody a, in World, you know, everyone in World War II is a spy. I want to just give you another reason to love Ben Wishaw. Okay. Guess which two Bond films he said were his all-time favorites. Bond, two James of, Bond. <laughs> two um, of the early ones, Dr. No... And from Russia with Love, with and love, in yeah. both of those movies, that means Sean Connery has got to be his favorite Bond. Well, and I will say, from Russia with Love, I mean, I read all the Bond books way back in the 70s, I think, early 70s, late 60s, and from Russia with Love was the best one written, I thought. So I don't remember if I thought it was the best one movie or not, but... Here's my other reason for you to love Ben Wisha. I thought you would really appreciate this quote. He said, the thing I love most about acting is that your capacity evolves as you evolve as a human being. Oh, that's so nice. Isn't that nice? He's definitely Uh very talented. So that means the older you get, the better an actor you become. And that's nice, right? That with age comes experience. Well, I don't know if it's true, but certainly... uh, you know, certainly it's nice. <laughs> Maybe there's hope for me yet. Maybe I can finally audition at the age of 100. There you go. <laughs> well, I recommend seeing it. Um, and I, and again, only the first episode's out. And then as we sign off, because our time is running out, I did want to say I've started watching Downton Abbey, the last season. And, you know, I've, I've um, often said that my, my fabulous daughter, ho- about whom I'm not allowed to speak... <laughs> Uh, she loved Salinger and she sort of saved the last book so she wouldn't read the last book. And I mentioned that before. And I sort of felt that way about Downton Abbey. I didn't want to start watching because I don't want it to be over. And the last season by far and away so far is the best. So keep that in mind. Wow, there you go. 